as I project forward to when I'm maybe 60 years old or 65, when will I ever be okay just saying, hey, I don't have to go to the gym and do the same things I've done for 40 years. It's okay doing functional things. It's okay being more recreational. I'm taking care of my heart and my lungs. Like I don't need that part of me anymore because it's just not good for me in the same way orthopedically. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mind Muscle Connection. I'm Joe Klimzeski with Tyler Weeb, and we're going to talk about something that I think, Tyler, we have, um, I, we may have even talked about this directly, just under a different title or topic notation, but I, I had this thought that kept coming back to me this week in the phrase of letting go or submitting to reality, uh, just the fact that we, through different phases of our lives, go through changes, sometimes fighting it every step of the way, sometimes looking back and not even realizing why we were hanging on to this part of our identity. And, and I think I gave you an example that was even kind of one that, that gives a material metaphor. So I'm in the middle of moving my headquarters, right? And it seems like about every 10 years, I make a move like this. And so I'm packing up the same shit, you know, offices, desks, things like this. And some things you only see when you do that. Like you you pull this book off a shelf or you empty this file drawer. And it's like, why do I still have this shit? But it's, you know, at some point you looked at that and made the decision. Oh, I, I might need that. I'm going to keep that. And it's almost like we need two or three steps to get stuff out the door. It's like, you know, first... It's on top of my desk, and then it goes into a drawer, and then it may go into the box, and then finally during some move like this, then it goes to the dumpster. And as a metaphor for these different phases of our life, our lives, it it it, it came to me because, of course, I've I've been to a few funerals lately. Uh, I, I was watching an interview with an actor who lost a child. His child at one year old ended up with a brain tumor you know, through some surgeries and remissions and so forth, they, they still lost that child a year or so later. And, and it, it dawned on me that when you are forced to let go of something like life itself, yours or someone you love, or an identity, I have a friend who is a quadriplegic and, you know, one day he's living the dream. The next day has an accident and he's in a wheelchair. Um, like, maybe we should learn to let go of things before it becomes that kind of a crisis point. And I think there are some really, really good places to discuss what it means for people who are super active and fitness oriented. We have performance goals or physique sport goals, because that is certainly another thing that I've lived long enough to, to go through some transition. So just this whole concept of of letting go and accepting change or maybe even just willfully jumping into change. I'm curious, being a generation younger than me, if you have felt these tensions already. I mean, like me, myself, like yeah. have I, yeah, yeah. hell yeah, I've, uh, <laughs> I certainly have gone through a lot of that. And I think, you know, we've mentioned it before on this, you know, on this podcast is, you know, we've both come from a same religious background, have, you know, bit into it full hook, line and sinker, Um, you know, and for those who have maybe not been through religion, maybe you don't necessarily know what we're talking about. For those that have, you certainly know what we're talking about. And 
you know, it was certainly something that, you know, I look back on now um, and I mean, I'm still working on it, but I had to let go in stages. Um, you know, for myself, it was the first one was an intellectual, intellectual stage where I was able to let go of it intellectually and non-emotionally. Then it was the emotional side of it. And then, you know, now there's a different part where I'm still, you know, learning to kind of let go a lot of that emotion that is associated kind of with that old identity that I did have. And, you know, for a big part of my life, it was like what I considered a main identity of like who I was, who I am, who I was going to be. And so, you know, going through something like that and, you know, working through that processing and that tension and, you know, essentially reworking how I viewed myself from a very base level was uh, was quite a transformation and quite something to to let go. And I mean, I still find myself sometimes, you know, having a hard time, you know, fully letting go of that you know, that hook, line and sinker of just, you know, what it, it brings about the the propaganda behind it and just all of it. So yeah, you know, it still may only be 30, 32, I think. Um, and then, and, and having to go through something like that is, yeah, it was quite powerful, but you know, it was something that I think, you know, we're talking about today and is going to be important to this, you know, this talk and, and how we, you know, view ourselves internally and how we bring about that kind of change. That's actually something that I think uh, so many people have gone through recently or are going through because, you know, Europe is always a couple generations ahead of us in the West. And when you look at Pew Research polls on religion, for example, and you see 70% of 70-year-olds believe in a God, 60% of 60-year-olds, you know, 50% of 50-year-olds all the way down, like these generations are rapidly giving something like that up. And and for you and me, kind of in the generation where we were born into it, just accepted it and then had to struggle through it. That That is a great example. Um, another one that comes to my mind, one of my clients today his his mother passed away last month on the anniversary of my father's passing and and he said today there's just never a great time to lose a parent he said i don't care if you're 10 years old or 40 years old like he is like it just sucks cuz it's such a closing of a chapter in your life and you even when you thought you were preparing to let go like you know your parents are aging and so forth it's like Whoa, there is such a finality to that. And I think that's what we fear. Like when I was going through that religious deconversion, it was also very much in stages that was easier to recognize retrospectively. So it was, well, let me just become a little bit more, more liberal in my theology. And let me just take another step. And wow, there's a whole group over here who believe this. They kind of let go of that, but they believe this. And that's okay. That's That makes me feel better. And it was like, you just kind of, climb your way down to the last rung of the ladder before you realize what am I really hanging on to? But psychologically, I think that is necessary. Like that self-protection is there for a reason. And, and, and what, what I want to get to, because I'm, I can see myself trying to talk myself into this. I was a pro bodybuilder. I you know, got up to a 500 pound squat, a 500 pound deadlift and performative powerlifting type stuff. And that was a huge part of my identity for a long time. Much of my career is built around that. 
And then I retired and I just still maintain that. And I was just humming along another 15 years. Everything's great. Then it's like, Ooh, I have this knee surgery. Uh, I've got this neck thing. Oh, my low back's starting to get tight. And it's like, all of a sudden it's like, you start in the exact same way, making excuses to let go a little bit at a time. And it makes me wonder as I project forward to when I'm maybe 60 years old or 65, when will I ever be okay just saying, hey, I don't have to go to the gym and do the same things I've done for 40 years. It's okay doing functional things. It's okay being more recreational. I'm taking care of my heart and my lungs like, I don't need that part of me anymore because it's just not good for me in the same way orthopedically. And it's like, I, like I said, I'm, I'm seeing myself try to talk myself into accepting that final letting go of that part of my identity someday, but it's like fingers clinging to the windowsill, not wanting to let go. Yeah. Constantly fighting that ego. Right. And I think too, like just as coaches, you know, ourselves we run up to this so much in smaller capacities of people wanting to diet when the context of their life probably isn't conducive, you know, to a diet. And it's like these, you know, these clients, they have this identity behind it. They feel like they need to do it. They need to have this. I look to have to, to be themselves and, and this and that. And it's trying to break through that, that processing and kind of that, you know, putting this identity up on a pedestal of, you know, I need to do this, I need to do that. And it's going, hey, no, like, we can do something else, we can still work towards, you know, your your body composition goals, we don't have to do this one thing, we can do multiple things. And just even like, you know, that's been such a big thing lately in, in my coaching, and it's like, trying to, you know, get past that belief of somebody and, and that identity of what they think they need of like dieting and looking a certain way and, and trying to rearrange that thought process of, oh, okay, you know what, maybe my life isn't ready. Maybe I'm not ready to actually diet because, you know, this and this and this and this keeps cropping up. And so it's even as a coach, you know, trying to get people to to kind of break through that that almost parasitic thought process of just like, I need to do this. I need to do that. And kind of going around and round and breaking through that circular uh, process and, and pushing them in a different way. Yeah. It, it, I keep coming back to the word acceptance, just a willful acceptance, almost, almost like changing careers. You know, we stay in a job and we think we have to have this job or maybe it's too risky to go do something I really want to do. I brought this up to my son uh, this this week. He's he's not happy in what he's doing for work to make a living right now. And in we've been talking, you know, maybe do this, maybe do this. You want me to give you this contact or this person's hiring that I know. And yesterday I brought up, you know, have you ever thought of doing something kind of entrepreneurially? Because his big career is music and he's just doing work right now to support what he needs to support while he's working on music. I said, you know, you, you are a super, super crafty guy being an artist and he loves, like he's our family bartender before COVID we were, we were, he and I together, were going to go to bartending school. I was just going to do it for fun. And I thought he would, he would love that. And, you know, you can go Friday, Saturday night, some places and make 50 bucks an hour and tips and all that. 
Yeah. And, uh, and I said, plus like he's, he's so eaten up with fitness right now. Like he comes to my facility and trains three or four times a week. And he's, he's just developing this amazing physique. He's super interested in physiology. I'm like, dude, look, first of all, you're my son. There's going to be some credibility advantage there. Plus I would make you actually go through getting the best certifications and knowledge. But man, if you wanted to train a few clients during the day, bartend a little bit in the on the weekends that opens up so much more time for you to do what you love and today he messaged me and said yeah let's do it and i'm like it but that's that's like that letting go like i'm taking a risk to adopt a new identity and think how much value and freedom there is when we allow ourselves to make those changes that even seem fearful and difficult well, I think it's too like, you know, a, a general theme of we, you know, we've had over the course of, you know, this, this podcast is, you know, having non-binary thinking, you know, not good, not bad, it, it just life and just is. And it's like, you know, when we have this, this closed mindset of your beliefs, your confirmation bias, you know, what have you, you know, you're, you're reducing your cognitive flexibility, you're reducing your cognitive ability to be intellectual, to have more wisdom, to be able to adapt and change your identity based on the reality of life and, and what it may entail. And so, you know, not only, you know, are you, you know, having you know, less options presented to yourself by closing off, you're really just hurting yourself in the long run and, you know, becoming that, you know, rickety old man by the time you're 65, you know, kids get off my lawn type of person when it's like we can have this non-binary gray thinking, you know, you are then opening that self up to whatever may happen as life, you know, just continues to barrel along. Like life is not there, you know, to, to help you out. It, you know, you have to be an active passenger, you know, within your own life. And I think, you know, closing yourself off, you're essentially putting yourself as just a passenger and just someone who's going to watch and not take, you know, an active participation in your life and have that, you know, willing flexibility, not to say that it's going to be easy. Like, you know, a lot of our beliefs and our identities and, you know, we, we cling on to these, these are, you know, our modes of being for us. And so it, it certainly is never going to be easy, but just even having that, that openness is going to make it that much easier because you already have left kind of space within yourself and, in this, you know, arena that you're in to, to change and to be adaptive and to be flexible. And that, yeah, if you can, you know, participate yourself, well, guess what? You're going to set yourself up, you know, for a lot more success, you know, with whatever you might be doing. We mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but as I think about some of the recent funerals I've been to and that, that process. And again, I've, I have a, a friend of mine who just lost his wife. I have a brand new client of mine who just lost his wife and, you know, long battles with cancer. And that, that kind of weird question that you ask sometimes, like, would you rather just like die suddenly and never even know, or would you, would you like to know, like you have this diagnosis and you have a year to live and now you can, you can wrap up your life on your own terms. I think of that because of my weird OCD kind of personality, like, you know, that simplification and taking care of business. And I do want to end things on my own terms. So 
even as I look forward to an exit strategy for my business and how I want to simplify things and the way I'm working on my house as a kind of an empty nest thing. And like, what do we want to do to move into this next phase? There are all these elements of preparing for those next phases. And that puts you in that position of, but do I want to, and how do I want to, and do I feel a loss of control, which is that loss of ego and I'm being forced to simplify, or am I truly embracing it? And that's the person I want to be. I just don't know if you can truly cognitively control that. Like you, you become who you become and maybe you accept it, maybe you don't, but how much control that do you really have? And now we're kind of brushing up against determinism, but I certainly want to be that person who lives each part of those transitions with the assurance that I'm in control in some way, not because ego is forcing me to feel that way, but because I want to be okay with accepting those changes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the, the full, you know, realization that that is going to happen. And you can either a, yeah, I think, you know, what a lot of people do, let's just say as, as death, like as um, there's uh, my grandpa-in-law, I guess you would call him. I don't, I don't know that, that side very well. He's basically in palliative care, end of life. Um, and, you know, we got together uh, and there was, you know, a lot of Bible verses being spouted about faith and hope and and, and all of this kind of thing. And it just kind of made me think of like, as soon as, you know, something like this is presented, how quickly we, we retreat to those things that make us feel better and make us feel good and make us feel okay about, you know, the death that is occurring. And it can be so hard to, you know, face that reality of just, you know, death and, and nothingness and, and all of that. And yeah, it's, you know, you're presented with those two options, like knowing that it's going to happen. One, are you going to stick your head in the sand or two, are you going to be open and okay with that? May never be a hundred percent, you know, like you said, cognitively okay with that thought process and, and that end time, but it's going again to open up those options to you. It's going to keep you, um, you know, an active participation uh, participator in your life. And I think you're going to probably find a lot more happiness, whatever that is, you know, through that type of process than just closing yourself off and just relying on that confirmation bias of, of whatever's in front of you and whatever you're the most comfortable with, you know, on those deep belief levels. Well, you said that you may not be able to perfectly cognitively accept it. And, and I want to think that you can, because I've seen people, it's almost, you know, getting into Zen Buddhism and all that, but, but I've seen people do it well. And like I told a client today, having the same conversation, you know, I, I see myself at 60 or 65 years old that I've said this, that I'm going to be a 145, 150 pound guy with a lot less muscle. Cause I can't squat and deadlift 500 pounds anymore. And, and I'm going to be active and I'm going to intentionally be healthy because I know being lighter and more functional is better for the aging process. And for other people who may have to take care of you someday, I've, I've been in medicine and do that work with people. Um, and so I am, as I said, trying to plant that seed in my head so that I know that like, that is my goal. It's okay to be that person. It's okay to go through these transitions because instead of the regret that I can't do what I did when I was 30, 
I want to say, well, that was okay. That was meaningful to me then. It gave me the life I wanted. This is the normal process of life on the other side. And that's okay. I love it. I can love everything I still do now, just like I loved what I did then, even though it's different. And like I said, Tyler, I've seen people do that, even just transitioning from an active bodybuilding life where they they make that very hard decision to retire from competition. And what's life going to be like without that identity any longer? And then they realize like there is life after the stage, life after your baseball career or this or that. So I don't know. I mean, I'm just, like I said, I'm, I, I'm trying to talk myself into it to prepare myself and, and to be okay with it. Because <laughs> as somebody yeah. who loves control, you know, I, I, I want to know that I have to relinquish it and I'd rather do it on my own terms happily than to be that angry old person who lives in yesterday all the time. You're always going for the glory days. You still got your Letterman jacket on at 60. Hey, you know, I threw that pass. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's, I, I love your first reaction to this question where you're like, what are you, are you kidding me? Hell yeah, I've already felt this, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, yeah. So, but totally. some people just don't realize it. Some people don't realize that they are going through those tough times and they just aren't even aware. It it just It just exhibits itself, expresses itself as pain and frustration yeah and i mean and i think this is all like it maybe this is could be you know just religion but i'm sure it's with other things too but it's like it's it's a feedback loop well you feel bad and shitty well guess what it's because you got you haven't prayed enough or you haven't done enough bible study or you know this and that and this and that like i remember you know just thinking back on my time when i was in you know i was in sweden at a bible school for nine months and i just think remember all these people so being so despaired that they weren't hearing God's voice. God has been so quiet lately to me. And, you know, back then it was like, oh yeah, you know, like they're, they're going through that struggle or this and that and you look back on it now. And it's just, man, like that confirmation bias is strong. <laughs> like, and just how willfully we blind ourselves to, you know, what is reality and to what we want reality to be. And I think a lot of where that tension comes from, like, I remember being, you know, at, there for nine months and just having so, I mean, I was going through some seasonal depression. If you've never been in Sweden, it gets dark at like 2 PM, about, mm. you know, six months out of the year. So there was some of that as well, but there was no much anger and frustration and, and confusion and, and all of this like emotional. And it was, I thought it wasn't a good Christian. And, and I think it was just intellectual reality was brushing up against what I wanted my reality to be. And it took years to kind of really work through that and be open to the idea of, hey, maybe there is no God. Maybe there shouldn't be religion, et cetera. Um, and, you know, it, it, that still took many years to, to really work out and become more emotionally sound more, in a more emotionally level. And it's still something that I'm working on. But, yeah, I, I totally get that. <laughs> Well, and if it's not a formal religion, it's a religious replacement for it. So, for example, my coping mechanism is distraction and busyness and in stimulation, intellectual stimulation. So um, that distracts me from the things I don't want to have to face. And so, you know, we all are at different levels and have different perspectives and personality types to to feel these things and then process them accordingly. 
Um, and so I, I just think it's it's the most important thing to be aware and to say, wow, do I actually have some blind spots? Am I facing this? Are there some of these fears or frustrations I'm just pushing away instead of thinking through them? So it, it's why we do this podcast. And it's why I appreciate you doing this with me. It's it's one of my favorite things because it, it makes us stop and, and, and think on different levels. Totally. All right, That's man. Thank you, Tyler, and we will see you guys next time in the Mind Muscle Connection.